This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. He knew how we thought about ourselves. He knew why we... We, we had so much self-loathing and, and couldn't really accept love or give real love. He knew everything, and he loved us, loves us as we are. There was no pressure there to be anything other than we are. It's very unusual. Most so-called spiritual scenes, you know, you have to dress the same, you have to all do seva, you have to go to meetings and lectures and talks and chanting sessions. It wasn't like that with Maharaj. Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Shri Matrena 
Shama Gari Shama Gari Shama Gari 
Jagadambe Jeje Jagadambe Ema Durga Ema Durga
Questions. All right, let's see. There's only three questions here. Is that true? That's great. 
Maybe more will come, but anyway. Which do I choose? Uh, the path of loving God and surrendering or the path of Master Osho? I don't, I love both so much. I just don't know what and where to go. Bhakti yoga is also known to be the easiest. Well, I'm not familiar with the path of Osho, so I can't talk about that. However, the path of love and surrender is a, a very powerful path. Because when you aspire to surrender, when you truly surrender, when surrender happens, because you don't really surrender, it happens by grace. So when it really happens, at that moment, you have no problems anymore. Everything is on God's shoulders or the Guru's shoulders or the Goddess's shoulders. Everything is up. It's their problem. You surrendered when you really surrendered. But we haven't really surrendered. So we can use surrender can be a path. And you keep letting go of your, your stuff. If something happens that you don't like, you have to let go of that because you've surren you're surrendering. That's the way it had to be. If something happens that you like, you surren you've surrendered, so that's the way it, it had to be. It's a process, it's a path, it's a, a sadhana. And at first it may be a little mental, but it quickly deepens and your own tension and anxiety and fear is relieved because you've put yourself in the hands of one of these great beings who's only who are only here to help us. And so to get the strength to do that, to get the strength to overcome all the ego's uh, shadow dancing around the real thing and pretending to be the real thing and, and all that stuff, to get the strength to do that, practice is necessary. And many practices they all can help with that. Uh, so that's love and surrender is part of what they call the bhakti path. But bhakti and jnana, wisdom, the path of wisdom, they meet. You know, you know they're, they're not separate things, really. Not really. The techniques may be different at first, but ultimately they, they merge. So... Someone wants me to tell about conditional love given by Maharaji. <laughs> well, I hope you mean unconditional love because that's what it is. You know, we, we bestow affection on people if they please us. If they give us the things we want. If they make us feel the way we want to feel. When they don't do that, we don't like them. 
if someone criticizes us, we get pissed off, we get upset, we get we get depressed, we we get defensive. That's because our affections, our so-called love, is conditional. We only give it to people who fulfill certain conditions. With these great beings, with like Maharaji, he loves us as we are. He doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't need us to be any specific way. He loves us on a soul level, you could say. Not on a role level, like Ramdas used to say, there's the soul and the role. You can love the role. You don't have to love the soul. No, the other way. <laughs> you can love the soul, but you don't have to love the role. And but Maharaji loved all of us, you know. He's he he knew everything. Everything. He knew everything we thought, everything we gonna think, everything we did, everything we're gonna do. Everything. He knew how we thought about ourselves, he knew why we 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 had so much self-loathing and and couldn't really accept love or give real love. He knew everything. And he loved us, loved us, loves us as we are. There was no pressure there to be anything other than we are. It's very unusual. Most so-called spiritual scenes, you know, you have to dress the same. You have to all do seva. You have to go to meetings and lectures and talks and chanting sessions. It wasn't like that with Maharaji. He used to say, when you come here to the temple to be with him, you should feel like you're going to your grandfather's house. Everything is given. Nothing is required. You don't have to serve. You don't have to do seva. We were there and the devotees came just to be with him. And nothing was asked of them. It was so extraordinary. There weren't a lot of rules. You didn't have to go to the... I never went to RT. I never went to this, the, 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 the rituals that were done every day in the temple. Almost never. And yet he made me the pujari of the Durga temple. You know, people couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. He just gave us love, 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 love all the time. You don't find that that easily in this world. It's very unusual. Do I sing Tuameva? You mean Tuameva Mata, Chapita, Tuameva? Yes, I do. Maybe I'll sing it later. Beautiful shloka. Tuameva Mata, you are my mother. Tuameva Mata, Chapita, you are my mother and my father. Chapita Tomeva, Tomeva Bandush Chasaka Tomeva, you're my brother and my friend. Tomeva Vidya Dravinam Tomeva. I don't know what Dravinam is, but you are you are wisdom. Tomeva Vidya Dravinam Tomeva, Tomeva Saravam Mamadeva. You are my all in all, my Lord. That's beautiful, beautiful hymn. Somebody, uh, we sang at Ramana Maharshi's place in Tiruvannamalai, Arunachala, 
some years ago. It was so fantastic. Really amazing. I had never been to Raman. Well, I had been to Ramanashram once before, many years before. Uh, that's an interesting story. Did I meet Sadhu Om and Anamalai Swami? No, I did not meet them. I did not meet them. Um, we were invited to sing, to chant there in the temple, in the in the ashram. They had just built a new library building, a big, beautiful building, and they asked us, invited us to come sing. It was really amazing, and I, you know, I, Ramana Maharshi was. Unbelievable. Absolutely clear. Absolutely free. Amazing. The bottom line, everything he said was totally true. It was really exquisite, really unusual also. These amazing. So, yeah, so we were there and it was very sweet. We had a wonderful time there, a wonderful time. Will I be doing in-person chai and chat again? You mean uh, at the studio, the, the YouTube studio? Maybe. If things open up and everybody's okay, why not? Is the you of your soul different from the you of the ego? If it's all God, souls are individual but also one. Well, no, <laughs> not really. The egoistic you is a is a is illusion. It's a it's a confusion. It's really not. Forget the word you. It's a me. It's a me that's separate from other me's. It's the sense of self, but it's uh, toxic because it's. A separate, it feels separate from other people. It, it, it's the feeling of being separate. That's an egoistic delusion. And that delusion pretty much runs our lives. The soul, it's not really an individual soul for, because it's like a reflection. It's like the moon being reflected in many different pools. It's the same light, the same being, temporarily encased in a form or temporarily reflected in the individual form. It's not really a separate thing, it's the same light. It's all one light, but different reflections. So there's no, it's a sense of unity like Maharaj used to say, all one. The ego is that me that's different than from you and that, that I get the things I want and if you have the things I want, it's going to piss me off and I'm going to try to take them from you or buy them from you or steal them from you or get them somewhere else because I want. But the, the soul, the so-called soul is is a reflection of that one light. And 
that light is absolutely pure and perfect reflection. But because of the chitta, the, in the chitta, the vritti, in the chitta, the waves of con- in, the, in consciousness, the ripples on the water break up the reflection of the light of the moon and it scatters it. And it doesn't, it appears to be many different reflections when it's only one light that's coming. And that's the light of truth, the reality, the end, consciousness, bliss. So I hope that's confusing for you. Do I tire of answering questions? No, not really, because I don't know that I know something until it comes out of my mouth. Not that that's, that it's ultimately totally true all the time, but I learn a lot when in these back and forth things. It's very useful for me. I like it. Do I meditate separately from chanting kirtan? Yes, I do. What it is, I don't know, but I do it. I've done many types of meditation uh, over the years, many types. And these days, I just do something. (laughs) I don't even know what to tell you. I kind of just sit and let it happen. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but it doesn't really matter. I don't mean to imply that I'm meditation. It means going after something. I just, I try to just sit and be. Now that's very difficult to do because the mind rips us off and takes us away. Thoughts take us away. So I usually use some mantra quietly silently to somewhat slow my slow me down how do you help someone who doesn't learn from mistakes and seems almost determined to be miserable and seeing them in pain causes us to be miserable? (laughs) That's a great one. Well, whoever wrote this question, you know, you obviously haven't learned from your mistakes. You can't change anybody. And if you try to change someone, obviously you're going to get frustrated and depressed yourself and miserable yourself. Let the person be who they are. What is it to you? Don't get caught in their misery. You have to find your your joy, your inner truth, your happiness, your presence, your life. If someone's determined to be miserable, God bless them. Well, who cares? When they're ready to let go of that misery and you're there, sitting there in your bliss, They'll say, hey, how do I get some of that? And then you can have a conversation. In the meantime, they're entitled to be miserable. There's no law that says you can't be miserable. Absolutely not. 
I know because I'm miserable a lot of the time. <laughs> and I don't want anybody taking that away. <laughs> Is there any way to burn bad karma of previous lives? Well, you know, you don't know. We don't know if we really, we don't know about our previous lives. If there really are, is such a thing as a previous incarnation. We have no direct knowledge of that. So it's, it's no use to be concerned with, uh, what was the question to, uh, burn the bad karma of previous lives. The bad karma is right now. The bad karma is right now. It's not in the past and it's not in the future. It's now. Where did it come from? Who knows? Now is the time to work on it and to liberate that bad karma, that the karma that causes unhappiness and suffering and misery. Now is the time whether it's from a past life or some dream that you had when you were, you know, who knows? We really don't know. And it's not important. What's important is what's in front of our faces every day, which is our lives. And how do we live in our lives? How do we go through the day? How do we treat other people? There's no such thing as fate that is unchangeable. If that was true, then, you know, what are we doing here? Nothing. We should be watching TV and partying and, you know, smoking dope. But in fact, what they call fate is really cause and effect. And right now we are experiencing the effects of whatever the causes were we don't know. So right now we have so many ways of changing our minds and changing our hearts and changing the way we react to things. So many ways. And that's how you change whatever the karmas that you find yourself with in this life. You do practice. You expose yourself to the Dharma. You try to find out what this is all about. Uh, where it came from is, is above our pay grade. Absolutely. But learning how to deal with everyday life is really a big thing. Most of the great gurus had millions and millions of householded disciples. And they spent a lot of their time helping those people get what they had to get in their lives in order to move forward spiritually. If we had desires that had to be fulfilled, we, if it's a strong thing that we want and we don't get it, we'll be very upset. That's why Hanuman is, is described as, as some, as a, the being who gives liberation by allowing us to merge with his state of being and also allows us to satisfy the desires that we need to satisfy. It's like, if you're hungry, you have to eat, don't you? If, you, if we're human, we have to breathe, don't we? Those are, those are things. And d desires are part of that. There are things that we need. 
So this is not a renunciate path. The path of Hanuman is not, and Ram is not a renunciate path. It's a, a path in the world. And it transforms the world into a world of love. So whatever we're experiencing now, you could say it might, maybe it came from the past. So the way you meet this moment is the way you so-called burn off those karmas. Illness, sickness, all kinds of things happen. It's how we live in those moments. Like take Ramdas and his stroke. Brutal, brutal, catastrophic stroke. Could barely speak, couldn't walk, only had the use of one arm. His left arm, and he was a lefty, so that was good. He could still do things with one arm. Now, that if that happened to a, a regular person, a regular worldly so-called person, he might have been, might be totally destroyed by it. He might feel like his life is over and go into a terrible depression and just be victimized by that stroke. So Ramdas, at first, he was really in shock. But as time went on, he's, he worked, he accepted it and he worked with it and he kept letting go and surrendering and offering his stuff to Maharaji and, you know, trying to letting go of anger and fear and shame and guilt and pride. Here was a, here was a man who was very powerful in the world in many ways. And now he couldn't even wipe his own ass. He had to ask for everything. He couldn't turn himself in bed after, after two rotator cuff tears and a broken hip, I think it was hip replacement or something. Everything he needed, he had to ask for. That could destroy somebody with pride. So he had to give it up, and he did. I, I used to tease him all the time. I used to say, you know, you finally become who we thought you were 40 years ago. And he would laugh. He would laugh. But really, he wasn't perfect. But he really conquered so much stuff in that chair. It was astounding, really astounding. And he really opened into a, a different place, a much deeper, deeper realm. He lived in a real, a realm that was filled with love. and. Much of the ego stuff, most of it, almost all of it, had really disappeared, had really gone away. And by the end, he was light as a feather and deep as an ocean.
I feel constantly torn between the path of a householder and the path of a sannyasin. And sannyasi, for those of you who don't know, means a renunciate, a swami. I struggle to release inner attachment while living a normal American life. Good. It is a struggle. But there you are. You can't be a sannyasin. You obviously have responsibilities you have to take care of. Where are you going to go? You're going to let your family starve? You're going to take yourself away from your children or your partner because you have some fantasy about wanting to get away from attachment? That's attachment. It's a negative side of attachment. Running away is the same as holding on. You can't go. Everywhere you go, you're going to be there. And you're a mess. And you're going to stay a mess until you get over it. You have to work with it. Right now. This life. You, you work with the cards you're dealt with. You don't have any other cards to play. Is that great line from that Steely Dan song? Your black cards will give you money, so you hire them when you're able. In the land of milk and honey, you must put them on the table. <laughs> right on. You've been dealt your cards. You, you, you agreed to sit down at the table and play the game. You got your cards. Now you have to deal with them. There's no sense pissing and moaning. That's it. And uh, as soon as you surrender to the reality of who you really are, not who you imagine yourself to be, some great sannyasin who can be beyond, be beyond any attachment. That's nonsense too, by the way. It's not, it doesn't feel like that. When you're beyond attachment, you're in ultimate love. You're in love with the world. It's not a cold place. People think it's a cold place, and if people get stuck, even if a sannyasi or a yogi gets caught in that cold place, that's not the liberation. That's a cold place, a dark, cold place, and it's subtle ego. And it doesn't last either, more than a lifetime. So it's better to deal with what you have in front of you rather than imagine it could ever be some other way. Maybe things will change. But the change, as they say, comes from within. There's a very... Uh, someone wrote to me, my partner recently killed himself after a seventh-month struggle with traumatic brain injury. Traumatic brain injury. I'm struggling with incredible guilt and also with the pain of knowing how much pain he was in more than I ever imagined, which was so much, and how scared he must have been at the end. Is there anything I can do to help him on his journey at this point? Um, I'm not sure why you feel so much guilt. There really probably wasn't anything you could do to change the situation. I'm sure you did what you could. There's no reason for guilt. And um, I don't know, I, I can't, I don't know what traumatic brain injury it was, what 
how you know how it happened, how it manifested. So it's very hard for me to talk to that. But anyway, the thing is, how can I help him? You can always help him. You can sing for him. You can dedicate your practices to him. You can pray for him. You can talk to him. You can hold him in your heart and hold him in love. And uh, feel his presence. The people don't die. They just drop their bodies. They don't go anywhere. It's, you know, because we're in our bodies, we see things in a certain way. But when you're not in a body, it's very different. They don't really go anywhere. They're always present. And we can remember, by remembering them, we can send them love and, and we can, uh, we can smooth out the channels between us and allow that love to flow. Uh, it must have been very painful. It must have been very terrible. And very sad and sorry that someone had to go for that. But now that he's out of that body, he's free of that. And you are not. You're still holding on to that. He's, he's, he's not in that body anymore. And whatever karmas he had to work out, and he worked them out. And that's gone. He's in another form. And uh, you have to, you, to, for yourself, you need to let go and be, hold him in your heart in love in, in a good way now. For you and for him. He doesn't want to see you suffering. So, anyway, you can always, anytime you do some practice, you at the end you dedicate the merit because practice generates uh, good energy, so to speak, or merit. And you, you say, may all this merit go to him. And may, may it help him on his way. And it will. Uh, somebody's asking, what, what did it mean that Maharaji made me the something of the temple? Okay, the pujari, the priest, the one who does the worship. There was a new temple built to Durga in the courtyard, the goddess Durga. And uh, the official time for it to be open was, uh, was it later in the year, but it was Durga Puja time, this 10-day period where uh, Durga is worshipped and there's a 10-day fire ceremony that goes on. Beautiful, powerful. So Maharaji wanted that temple open so people could come and see Durga. And so it was opened and um, they brought in a priest, a Brahmin priest, a Pujari. Pu Pujari means someone who does puja and puja is ritual worship, ceremony worship. 
So they brought in a Brahmin priest, and after a day or two, they caught him stealing the money out of the donation box. So they gave him some rupees and sent him home, and they brought in a second priest. And they caught him stealing the money, gave him some rupees and sent him home. They brought in a third pujari. Same thing. They caught him stealing the money out of the donation box. So they sent him away. So the, the temple trust, who they ran the temple, the board that runs the temple, it was owned by the government trust. They came to Maharaj and said, Baba, you know, we can't find a priest that won't steal. Who's going to, who, who, what's going to happen? And Maharaj goes, my priest won't steal. Your priest? Who's your priest? Me. So I was called from the back of the temple and I was asked to sit there and be the pujari. And uh, it was fun. <laughs> That's when I learned some of these mantras that I sing to the goddess because I thought, hey, well, I'm, I'm a pujari for the goddess. I better learn some mantras. So I did. So yeah, that's that kind Okay, well, there's lots. Oh my God, I never saw so many questions. I, we just don't have time for these. Thank you for coming today and, and asking. And let's sing a little bit more. So if you hear the last couple of weeks, you've heard this mantra to Hanuman that I've been singing a lot. Very simple. Om Ham Hanumate Nama Namaha. Om Ham Hanumate Namaha. So I'm going to sing and you sing along.
Yeah. 
so many of us human beings have left the earth, left the body due to COVID and all the other issues that come up because of that. So many of them are lost and afraid, dying a painful death. So what can we do? We can offer our hearts. We can offer our Bodhi mind, which is the enlightened heart, the enlightened presence. And we can invite these great, these beings who are lost and afraid to come and have a meal. Come and partake of the love that's in our hearts and be comforted by that. This prayer I learned from Bernie Glassman. Calling out to hungry hearts Everywhere through endless time You who wander, you who thirst I offer you this body mind Calling out Hungry spirits everywhere through endless time calling out to hungry hearts all the lost and the left behind gather around and share this meal your joy and your sorrow I make it mine. to hungry hearts everywhere through endless time you who wander you who thirst I offer you this heart of mine calling out to hungry spirits everywhere through endless time out to hungry hearts, all the lost and the left behind. Gather around for this meal, your joy and your sorrow. I make it mine. Shri Guru Charan Sarodarajan. Jamal Mukur Sudari Barano Ragu Barabamala Jesu Jodayaka Talachari Uddihi Tanjanike Sumiram Pavana Kumar Siaram Balabudhi Vidya Dehu Mohi Arahu Kalesu Jaya Hanuman Gyan Nagunasa 
Calling out to hungry hearts Everywhere through endless time You who wander, you who thirst I offer you this heart of mine Calling out to hungry spirits Everywhere through endless time Calling out to hungry hearts All the lost and the left behind Gather around and share this meal Your joy and your sorrow I make it If we know anything about a path at all. If we know that there might be a way to live in this world in a good way. With an open heart and without fear. It's only because of the great beings that have gone before us. Out of their love. Out of their kindness. They left some footprints for us to follow. So, in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us, be safe, be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. Stay. Take good care. Ram and Ram. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash be here now.